You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Welcome, beer, baseball, and Binds fans. It's Joe Catron here with my partner, Steve Carpenter. We're back in the studio today with some fellows from Denver Beer Company. We've got DJ and Levy. If you guys want to go ahead and just take a second, introduce yourselves. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Nice to be on. Um, my name is DJ. I'm the production manager at our uh, production facility, um, dealing with more of our large batch and um, year-round core beers. Um, also a big Rockies fan. I'm a Denver native. Um, Levy and I actually went to high school together and played baseball together in high school. So i um, been a Rockies fan all my life. Awesome. Welcome, DJ. I'm, I'm Levy. I'm the taproom brewer for the Denver Beer Company, Arvada Taproom. Um, yeah, as DJ said, like lifetime baseball fan, lifetime Colorado Rockies fan. Um, we, we've known each other for almost 14 years now, I think, and worked together for four of those years. So, yeah. Very so cool. You guys played baseball together. Who was better? <laughs> Uh, well, Levy was the only one who went on to play in college, so I guess that's, <laughs> oh, uh, that's a good indicator. By default, what position do you guys play? Um, we're both lefties, so we both played first base uh, and both pitched. I think, Levy, did you mostly pitch in college? I'm not sure. Yeah, I only pitched in college. So Yeah, yeah I played D3 baseball at Pacific University in Oregon. Good. Gosh, that's that sounds like fun. I wish I was good enough to even play high school ball, but, uh, it's the world's greatest sport. I can tell you that. And it's uh, so fun yep. to do this podcast because we get to talk about our three favorite things, which is beer, baseball, and, and hops. And, uh, we'll get to it a little bit later on in the podcast, but, uh, we do have a, a little bit of a weather event going on here in the Pacific Northwest. We've been setting record highs the last couple of days. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But for now, let's let's talk a little bit about the this beer that you were kind enough to send us. Uh, we've got it here in front of us, and I'm going to take a sip right now. But evidently, you worked uh, used a couple of experimental varieties in this beer. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So it's um, just a hazy IPA base recipe that we've developed over the last few years. Um, just this one is hopped with uh, YCH 735 and 630, two experimental hops that uh, you guys sent us uh, back a couple months ago, and definitely heavy on the citrus and tropical fruit notes. Um, just a solid hazy IPA. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I was fortunate enough to go down and, and help collaborate on this beer. I uh, want to give a shout out to our YCH colleague, Victoria. Garza for for making that all happen for us. Um, Denver Beer Company does a very cool event every year that that we are going to be increasingly involved with and may, maybe even uh, taking around the country a little bit. They're calling it the Hop Swap, and it was uh, a chance for us to take down some some hop rhizomes and uh, set up outside in their in their tap room courtyard there and just talk to beer and hop enthusiasts about what we do and. Uh, they're able to take rhizomes and, and grow them in their backyard and then come harvest. They uh, collect, harvest what they can from around the neighborhood and bring it in and make a make a fresh hot beer with it. And so I just thought that was a really cool idea, and it was a lot of fun for me to be a part of. 
Um, and so we were down there for that. And I said, well, well, heck with, let's go ahead and make a beer as well if we can. So these guys were, uh, gracious enough to, to open up a slot for us and out in the Arveda tap room and, um, seven barrel system, isn't it, Levy, if I remember correctly. Okay. So it was just a, a perfect size system for us to try all these HPCs. And so, um, 6.30, as you know, Steve has been around quite a bit, has has quite a bit of momentum uh, within the supply chain. And then 7.35 is really one we uh, don't have a lot of data on and, and don't have a lot of experience brewing with. And so it was really fun to use that one uh, and see how that expressed. Yeah. Well, I just taking a sip of it, I can tell you guys nailed it. That is your classic hazy IPA, which just... And the beer actually got warmed up a little bit. I mean, getting it from the FedEx truck when it's, uh, you know, 115 degrees out to the studio mm-hmm. here, it's going to warm up a little bit. Sure. And that's to this beer's credit because it's just it's just released. All my mouth's watering even talking right. because all of these flavors have been released. And uh, that's a nice beer. Well done, gentlemen. Yeah, well, I'll, I mean, really, Levy brewed the beer. All I did was... Grind, I, I milled some grain, I think, and uh, we we made Rob rake all the Rob, spent grain. So, oh yeah, Rob did all the work. Obviously. Right, <laughs> he did at least all the tough work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of being the young guy. That's what that's what, yeah, that's what he earned that. Part of being an intern, right? Absolutely. So, DJ, if you could tell us a little bit more about your job, I I uh, didn't get to tour too much of the production facility. I was hanging out with these guys a lot. Um, and then we did the hop swap out at your third location, your guys' newest location. Um, yep. But tell us a little bit about the the flagship brands and, and your kind of weekly, what your daily or your week looks like down there running things. Yeah, let's see. Uh, at the production facility, we have a 30-barrel uh, brew house, um, four full-time brewers who I manage. Um, we do usually four turns on the 30 barrel brew house a day. Wow. So brewing 120 barrels a day. And for the most part, my job is managing, you know, just making sure the brewers are happy, um, making sure they have what they need, looking into process improvements, um, scheduling, um, quality, different things like that. Really, uh, Sort of just like whatever comes up that day, you know the uh, the yeast the yeast doesn't look good. The this thing's going wrong. It's like I'm just running around um, covering bases where where I'm needed. So, Absolutely. Um, we um, it, we're lucky enough to have a lot of core brands that uh, sell pretty well. So we're not just brewing the same thing every day. We have a solid um, rotation of different beers that we're brewing up at the production facility. Um, the best-selling ones are Princess Yum Yum, uh, Raspberry Kolsch, and uh, Juicy Freak, which is a juicy uh, IPA. It's not hazy, but it's got more more of the hazy IPA taste characteristics, but with more clear beer. Um, but we do all sorts of different stuff up there. We've, we've even started doing some brewing for some specialty brewing for the tap rooms, which has been um, really fun on our bigger system. So, um, yeah, just a little bit of everything up there. That's awesome. So I have a question for you guys. How soon before a Coors field is renamed Denver beer company field? <laughs> I, I got a feeling if you keep making beer like this, it's, it's gotta be within the next few years, right? 
<laughs> after the <laughs> attempted takeover. Uh, yeah. You guys heard anything about that um, yeah. as baseball fans, but so Charlie, uh, Charlie Berger, one of our owners, um, he's a, also a huge baseball fan, Denver native, huge Rockies fan. So back in uh, opening on opening day, we released a social media post and a GoFundMe page for um, the for Denver Beer Company to attempt to buy the Rockies from the Montfolks. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. Fell about uh, fell about nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety four thousand dollars short. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, let's talk a little Rockies baseball. And I, I know the season hasn't turned out quite the way that you probably would have liked it to by now, but, uh, exactly as I good, expected. <laughs> about what you expected. Okay. Uh, yeah. good ball players. Sounds like, uh, you're going to have another big ball game there in Denver in the next uh, couple of weeks. Sounds like, uh, you guys got your tickets lined up yet? Fortunately, no. Yeah. It wasn't yeah I wish. I wish. Couldn't drop the money on all-star game tickets on a brewer salary. So. Right, right. Yeah. It seems like just the Rockies home games, though, it, are, are worth the ticket. Because I was looking at, at their score. The, the Rockies were just up in Seattle. Uh, what was it, last week? Uh, split a two-game series. And it was the sixth road win for the Rockies this season. Yeah. And I got to thinking, holy Toledo, that's terrible. And then I looked at their record. I was like, well, the record's not really that bad. And I got to looking at it. They have a, a winning home record. It looks like they're playing good ball at home and, and using, you know, those built-in advantages of Coors. But uh, just a really interesting – you don't often see that that stark of a difference uh, on home and road, you know. Well, the uh, Rockies are yeah. a really tough division, too, that National League West. Oh, with, yeah. With the Dodgers. Murders row. Padres. And then my National League team is the – Giants, just because I was a baseball fan before the Seattle Mariners existed, and and San Francisco was the geographically closest team, believe it or not. And uh, gosh, they're having probably they're probably the biggest surprise in baseball. Yeah, you know, in terms of where they thought they were going to be, and not sure they can hold it together the whole season. Uh, but uh, it's fun to watch. How often do you guys get out to the ballpark? Um, well, I haven't been at all this year just with mostly with COVID restrictions, just been uh, playing it safe. And then just not, not always a great product on the field. So mm. trying to do my small part to stick to the man a little bit. So oh, there you go. Um, the last, the last full season we have, we do have really good cheap tickets, uh, cheap ticket deals at Coors Field and my, Grandma was an uh, was an usher at, in um, section right behind the visitors dugout on third base line. So we get the we get the five dollar tickets and then go sit in her section. So um, <laughs> she's she's not employed went, there still. Went, no, she does not work. There okay, good. So we're not we're not outing her there. We're not going to end this for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a, a well known secret that if you do an usher, you could sit in their section. But yeah, I probably went to. 15 or 20 games um, in 2019. Yeah. It's, it's a great place to watch a baseball game. You know, it's interesting you mention Grandma because I was at a game. I've been to a couple games at Coors Field, and uh, if ever I'm in Denver, I, I always look at the schedule, and if they have a home game, I'm going to be there. And the first game I ever went to, we, we scored uh, tickets right behind home plate. It was me and our head sales guy back then. And there was this lady usher, 
probably in her 70s, which, believe me, doesn't sound quite as old as it did for me a few years back. And she says, hey, where are you, where are you guys from? I don't recognize you. And we explained to her that we came from the Yakima Valley and were there to visit some breweries and uh, asked her what her name was. She said, well, everyone just calls me Grandma. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they have the little, what is it, the sandbox? No, uh, sand. Sandlot. Sandlot. Yeah, the Sandlot Brewery there. And she says, you know, would you like to go visit the brewery? My grandson works there. Wow, that'd be awesome. We're here early enough. Let's go visit the brewery. So we did. She introduced us. And at the end, I told her, I says, you know, it's really kind of neat that your grandmother is an usher here. And, and here you are brewing beer, her grandson. She says, oh, everybody calls her grandma. And everybody is her grandson or granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know if it's the same lady or not. Probably not, because she was right behind home plate seating people yeah my my grandma is actually my grandma and uh <laughs> works up the third baseline a little okay. bit um but she's she's similarly friendly i think you'd probably get sure. a similar yeah uh similar welcome from her yeah no it's just uh the passion of some of these people for the game and making people feel comfortable it's it's awesome um so uh trevor's story looks like he's going to be in the home run contest huh Mm-hmm. That ought to be that that home field boost from just being able to play in an All Star game, hitting home runs in the home run derby. That's got to be worth five or six home runs, I would think, in the contest. I mean, the derby at Coors. That's going to be a spectacle, right? I mean, yeah. it's just going to be awesome. Hopefully, yeah, the people outside the ballpark have their hard helmets yeah, on because no there's going to be some <laughs> balls leaving the ballpark. I was five years old the last time that I was hosted at Coors Field, but. Yeah. Still see highlights of highlights of that home run derby with Griffey and how or uh, man who was it at that point? Yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. I think won it that year. But yeah, just ridiculous home runs into the third deck with the altitude. Yeah, yeah, I'll be excited to see uh, Otani hit because there's a there's a party deck up in right field on the third deck that uh, Cargo Carlos Gonzalez used to hit when he played for the Rockies, hit a couple up there, but it's basically out of reach for a, during a game, but I want to see Otani hit some up onto that. Yeah, DJ, deck was that, that wasn't part of the original the design of the field, was it? No. Okay. So that, that was all bleachers up there, and probably about five years ago, they, they tore out most of them and built that. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a big sports bar that just happens to be in a baseball field it um, don't don't un, yeah don't undersell it it's an awesome space i, I <laughs> the last time i was there because i was i went to the games i went been to two games there and it was on either side of that renovation uh yeah, okay. the first time was with some hop folks when we were there for cbc or or some something uh business related and then the second time i was there with with family but uh yeah it's a cool space up there and i think otani can get up there the way he's been hitting lately mm-hmm I think with, with the last time the Angels were in Colorado during batting practice, there were there were a few YouTube videos floating around of his batting practice from when they were in Colorado. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I hate to talk about him because he's in our division and he I know. plays for the hated Angels, but wow, <laughs> what a baseball talent that guy is. I mean, yeah. Um, 
You know, Babe Ruth started off as a pitcher, and I think he actually led the league and earned run average a couple times. I, I barely remembered. I was just a boy. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just to be able to both pitch and hit the way he does simultaneously, uh, he, he's a generational talent. So um, hopefully we'll all get to enjoy that on television here. Uh, that's coming up next week, isn't it? Or is it two weeks? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe ten days or something. Yeah, 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 week and a half. If you could, uh, I was going to ask DJ, are you guys doing a lot of? You guys have a the sister brewery, Cerveceria Colorado. Are you guys handling a lot of that production down there as well? Yeah. So let's see. We have two year round beer, two year round Cerveceria beers, and one seasonal at a time. So we're usually brewing uh, three of their beers at a time. One of them is a Mexican lager called Venga, which is probably my favorite beer that we brew um, of, of any of our um, core brands. Um, the other one is Senor Pina, which is a pineapple blonde. And then the, the seasonal um, rotates, um, depending on what kind of year it is. We do a churro stout during the winter. That That's pretty good. But yeah, it's pretty fun. It, 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 like I said, it adds to the variety you know we're a big production facility but we still get to do a lot of different stuff um use a lot of different ingredients um use a lot of different techniques and on a day-to-day basis yeah i know that helps keep it fresh for your team and, and as the manager of that brew and that brew crew um and i know it gets it can it can get monotonous if you're just pumping out the same thing day in day out and uh so that, that's cool to hear that you guys are able to mix it up like that and keep keep your crew kind of happy yeah. and satiated with their creativity and and keep all that going mm-hmm. uh Levy, you you were talking about i know they've got the you said like kind of the base hazy recipe you're doing a lot of the stuff on the smaller systems is there quite a bit of leniency there i mean are you able to kind of just bring your creativity to the brew deck and 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 think up things that you want to work on or how do you you guys as a, as a kind of a larger company with with multiple uh, outpost. How do you decide who's brewing what and when? Yeah, um, I get not quite carte blanche in terms of creative freedom, but um, definitely a lot of wiggle room and get to experiment with some cool hops, cool yeast strains. Um, just I, I brought a few of my homebrew recipes to life through the seven barrel system. Yeah, just a good amount of just playing around with not quite whatever I want to do, but just keeping a pretty consistent diverse tap list time and again um try to keep a couple ipas on tap at any given time recently released the lemon lavender saison that's just fantastic that i'm really happy with so it is really good (laughs) sounds like a perfect summer beer oh absolutely that's probably the funnest part of our business being in the hop business is recognizing that the best way to create value for you folks who are creators, your your artists, you're creating something new all the time, is just to keep busy out there creating new hop varieties with different flavors, different aromas, different oil compounds, and uh, that's the fun part. And to see it come to fruition with a collaborative beer here, uh, that's what it's all about. And, Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think that's what your consumers want. We pay pretty close attention to our craft customers and what their consumers want. And 
they not only want new flavors and tastes, but they also want to hear the story behind the beer and uh, learn about where the hops came from, where the barley came from, what's the story about creating this. And uh, uh, you guys are doing some awesome things uh, along the lines of corporate social responsibility that fits well, aligns well with our culture. Uh, we're doing the same things here. And uh, Victoria Garza, I'll give a little shout out to her too. She was kind of the, the uh, thought process behind our mango IPA that uh, we donate hops for that Bell Breaker makes every year. Then part of those proceeds go to uh, La Casa Hogar. Uh, mm -hmm. to support uh, first generation, uh, to learn the language, to learn the system, and, and that type of thing. So I'm guessing you guys are doing very similar things with some of your beers and some of your connects with the community as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as we advertise, our production facility is 100% solar powered, um, has been for almost two and a half years at this point, I think. Um, we do time and again we do um, different charitable donations through our beers through the month of june we brewed a beer at the production facility the first kettle sour we ever brewed at the production facility uh, called berry proud and then and i believe the pro part of the proceeds from that went to one colorado which is a lgbtq charity that helps people in the lgbtq community um and yeah so i don't know i'm sure you guys have heard news in the last couple of weeks where we had an active shooter situation in Old Town, Arvada, just last Monday. Uh, and so there's a, one police officer who died and one um, good Samaritan who actually helped stop the shooter who died as well. And uh, so we're this week donating, um, I believe we haven't ironed out the exact plan, but I'm definitely going to donate a decent amount of beer to go to either the family of the good samaritan the police officer or just mental health awareness in general so yeah no first first off condolences on the loss i know those are traumatic to an entire community uh, and uh, we all look for something positive that we can make out of those negative situations and uh, applaud you guys's effort to to do exactly that so uh Meanwhile, here in the Yakima Valley, Joe, we've got a little bit of a weather event going on right now. Uh, we're in our fifth or sixth day of a string of 100 degree plus weather. Um, I was driving around a little bit yesterday and, and actually topped out at 118 degrees on my thermometer. Yep, um, I saw that too. And then we've got uh, probably another four or five days of 100 plus and then it should cool down if there is such to the mid 90s to the mid 90s yeah. but uh we were out a little bit this morning um looking at some hops mm -hmm. what, what are you seeing out there in the hop yards joe yeah we've got people all around the northwest right now washington oregon idaho uh getting around taking account of the of the crop um seeing some situations of some pretty severe wilting um you know, as those of you who aren't hop growers and have never seen hops grow, uh, it's very important for that apical leader, that, that main leader of that hop to really keep pushing, keep growing to a certain point. And then, uh, once, once it gets all the way to the trellis, that's when we want that plant to, to bloom and, and start setting, setting hop cones. Um, and so right now with it being this hot, 
the plants are really just kind of shutting down and just trying to survive, just trying to hold on and hold on to water and kind of close off those stomata and the leaves and, and really try to stay as cool as possible. Um, in Oregon with the more humid air, it's actually, uh, a little bit more of a negative impact on the plants. So they're really like having trouble even breathing when there's that much moisture in the air. So we're seeing quite a bit of wilting even down in Oregon. And so for them, 115, 115 is extreme anywhere in the Northwest, mm-hmm. right? It's the, it's the, this isn't Las Vegas. Um, I mean, we get in triple digits most summers for a certain stint, but, uh, this is, is, is really extreme. So it's, our growers are just trying to do the best they can. And, and, and uh, make sure we're not missing any irrigation sets and then we'll see what happens as we're coming out the other side of this thing. It, uh, yeah. hundred degree weather isn't atypical, but it is more typical to have that weather the end of July, the first part of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's more of a canopy developed in the hot plant at that point. So it's kind of some self shading going on. But when those little stomata cells close, uh, basically transpiration stops sure the co2 stops coming in this the oxygen stops going out mm-hmm. and that plant's trying to protect itself for a short period of time it works just fine but uh, we're going to keep an eye on it we don't want to create any panic at this point but it, it is a record-breaking weather something we haven't experienced before and uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and perhaps our next few podcasts we'll have updates on what's going on um it seems like this is a year where the guys that trained maybe a little bit earlier and got that uh, buying up the, the trellis might be a little better off than guys that trained maybe a day or two later than that target date. It'll um, be really interesting to see. That's why we're getting around trying to take as much photo evidence, just yep. anecdotal notes on everything, um, going back to the same spots, yep. same times of the day uh, yep. over and over, and uh, trying to learn, right? And ultimately, you know, this – Hopefully this is an isolated event where we don't encounter this, but if we start encountering increasingly hot temperatures, it's something that we need to be able to adapt to and be agile. So it's best for us to collect as much data as possible and, uh, yeah, stay positive. We have a moral obligation to get DJ and Levy as many hops as possible. So, uh, we're, we're going to continue to make this happen because you guys are making great beer. And uh, uh, we, we again, we're not predicting any disaster by any mm-hmm. means. We're just saying that it's something that we'll keep an eye on and keep you guys and others informed about as the season, hop season, progresses, which ironically parallels the uh, baseball season. One thing you guys got to let us know, though, if you do happen to score tickets for the All-Star Game, let us know where you're sitting so that we can at least be on the lookout for you. <laughs> and keep Thank making, you. keep making great beer. This stuff is absolutely uh, outstanding. And uh, next time or Joe and I get into Denver, we'll be sure and look you guys up and come by and uh, hoist a pint with you. Yeah, that sounds awesome. All right. Awesome. Thanks for joining, fellas. First thing we want to just tell you guys is whether you're brewing beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but good hops. Mm-hmm.